Good morning. It is Monday, April 10th, 2023. The House and the Senate are still on recess, and this is D.C. Signal to Noise. Since we last spoke, President Biden vetoed efforts to halt the WOTUS final rule. West Coast dock workers went on strike, then went back to work again. We celebrated Easter, and John Ram won the Masters Golf Tournament. Welcome to you all. I'm glad that you're with us. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. You can see I got some sun on my deck over the weekend. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> living the living the good life out there, huh? Well, sitting down will get you. Yeah. Tan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I hope you had a good Easter weekend. Jim. I did. I did. Quiet good. with family. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Uh you know, Melody's already in there. Good morning, Melody. Let's go ahead and remind everyone that if you would like to participate in the conversation here this morning, you can do so just by uh, finding the comments tab on your screen. Click on that. Type in your question. Type in your comment. And Jim will try to react to whatever you would like him to react to here this morning. Jim, let's start with some news from last week. And uh, I, I think I want to start with what we started with on Friday on the AgriTalk free-for-all, and that is the House Ag Committee uh, look, requesting some additional funding for the Farm Bill. What's the status of this? Well, and it's also the Senate Ag Committee. The House Senate Ag, Ag Committee. Yeah, House Ag Committee yeah. acted first with their so-called budget and estimates letter chip, and then the Senate got into their act uh, – uh, last week, uh, asking the budget committee chairman, in essence, uh, for a reserve fund as they try to move, uh, get some of the billions of dollars. I think they said over $90 billion have been paid out in ad hoc disaster payments over the past you know, few years. And, and there's a consensus on that, Chip. And you're not going to have a worthwhile farm bill unless they get uh, some additional funding moved into uh, various sections, including Title I and, and uh, crop insurance. Jim, this is a conversation we have every time the farm bill comes up. We need more money so that we can get away from the ad hoc disaster payments. And they, they, they come back and happen again because, as we discussed on Friday, <laughs> a, disaster, a disaster is an opportunity for um, lawmakers to get closer to those being affected. Yeah, then they might just keep it like that, Chip. Uh, but then you got a pseudo uh, permanent ag disaster program without saying yeah. you have one. And of course, we know that it takes time for those disaster payments to be made when they're critically needed. And that's why right. doing it in a farm program is more expedient, more efficient. You'd, they'd probably spend less money over overall, but uh, I, I think I hear you. The yeah. uh, lawmakers like to keep their fingers in that disaster pie. Exactly. And, you know, if it's in the farm bill, the triggers that will trigger a payment uh, in, in any kind of a disaster are going to be documented. It's going to be laid out. We're going to have full understanding of what that is. So producers can keep track yeah. of what they need to, to prove that they are eligible for, for some of the payments. 
what a difference that would be compared to phase two of the ERP that's going on right now. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. You want to know how not to run a farm program? It's phase two of the ERP. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there was a legitimate um, uh, debate uh, last week, Chip, uh, at the AEI, American Enterprise Institute, where there was some concern expressed that depending on how you would move any additional funding into crop insurance, you want to keep that program actuarially sound. And so uh, there was a, a few speakers who said, keep this separate, uh, you know, keep keep crop insurance actuarially sound and uh, come up with a better way for this, uh, you know, disaster payments. Okay. All right. Um, in other news from last week, the U.S. economy created 236,000 new jobs in March. That was the fewest since December of 2020, but it was still in line with expectations. Yeah, it seems that uh, the traders uh, now clearly think that uh, May 2nd and 3rd is the next Federal Open Market mm -hmm. Committee meeting hearing, FOMC. And on the 3rd, uh, the vast majority think that the Fed will uh, bump up probably for the last time uh, interest rates by 25 basis points, and then that's it. And that, if that's the case, Chip, then the debate is how long will it remain in that position on hold before the first eventual cut? Yeah. You know, it, we've learned this a couple of times already this year. Don't settle. Don't settle on what uh, the Fed action is going to be too soon. Because just ahead of the last decision, uh, you know, we had the banks collapse. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank leading the way there. Uh, on with its collapse and it kind of changed everybody's attitude going into it. it. It's April, it's April 10th. I get it, but it's, there's still a lot of time between now and the first of May where something could happen to change attitudes. Absolutely. We'll have a CPI report uh, Wednesday, yeah. uh, producer price index report Thursday. And I guess those are the last two key reports ahead of the May 2nd and 3rd. But, you know, in reading, I get a lot of economic letters, and the tone that I'm hearing, Chip, is the Fed's going to be cautious because history shows uh, they have a habit of uh, reversing too quickly, uh, especially when you have real inflation. And we've seen inflation be quite sticky. So uh, they think that the Fed will per hold pretty uh, much longer than what the market's uh, pricing in. And, and two, uh, they, they could well lead us into a recession with continued uh, interest rate hikes. The, the other thing that concerns me is I don't think we've seen the full surge in the Chinese economy uh, since reopening. And I I think I would like to see the Fed stay on guard at least until we get that initial surge in the Chinese economy because there's going to be ripple effects to that. Yeah, what you're signaling is maybe inflation then. Yeah. What will yeah. stick around. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be sure now because the Fed, they'll never say they made a mistake, but they made a big mistake about a year ago when they yeah. joined the, the White House in particular, uh, you know, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, and saying inflation was transitory. Now, you know, once you make a mistake, you want to be onshore. We we learned that as writers, you know, that when you file a uh, an updated story for, to a correction, you better be extra careful. Right. You've got the incorrect right. 
you know, right. correct in, in essence. Uh, so I think they're going to be very cautious. We have the I, IMF, International Monetary Fund, and World Bank officials meeting in town, their annual spring yep. meetings. So you saw a host of uh, interviews last week. You'll see Janet Yellen at the event uh, this week. And and they're going to put an update of the IMF report chip, but they signaled basically not many changes from their prior one. But they see a, a, a long sloth here, Chip, as far as getting the U.S. economy, U.S. and world economy back on track. And mm-hmm. for, for agriculture, you need to see that world GDP uh, for a true bull market at four and a half percent or higher. And we're well under that uh, on the IMF. So that's the figure we've learned over the decades to watch is that world GDP number. And it shows a very anemic world growth. Okay. Okay. You, you mentioned the white house, a couple well, maybe three or four uh, issues from last week with the white house, the white house on Friday blamed the, prior administration for the the botched um, pullback from Afghanistan I don't understand I, I, yeah they're they're losing some credibility on that and even privately from some Democrats you don't finger point that one chip uh, the question is not should they have should we have left Afghanistan it was wow. the way yeah. And they're saying that they just followed uh, Trump's game plan. That's just not correct. And so, you know, when you try to to even uh, if rephrase, they did, it, even if they did follow Trump's game plan, it was their decision to follow Trump's game plan, which uh, makes it their own. True, true. And the 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 thing was, no matter whose fault it was. Right. It gave signals to both China and Russia. And, and uh, clear, that I was ran. one of the reasons most foreign policy experts say gave helped give uh, Putin the false bravado that he could yeah. go into Ukraine February 24th last year. Right. Right. OK. Uh, President Biden, uh, as expected, vetoed the congressional efforts to halt the waters of the U.S. final rule. Yeah, it, it, the, the Senate sent him the bill. The House had already passed it, Chip. Uh, and some Republicans are saying there's going to be an override attempt, but I, I just don't see it. I, I just they, they do not have the vote. No. So that means that. But but the veto is important, Chip, because it's, it sends a clear signal in this murky D.C. arena uh, that he wants changes in the WOTUS rule. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was the signal that we got from the White House. Now, a lot yeah. of others will disagree with that approach, especially ahead of uh, the Supreme Court ruling coming up here whenever, no later than June or July at the absolute latest. So, Hopefully, once we get that, it'll be a, a much better clarification of the definition of, of waters of the U.S. Because that 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 topic has has lingered. Oh, lingered. I think it's become resistant. Yeah. <laughs> to resolution. It, yes, it shows you even the initial Supreme Court ruling on it was was murky, and it shows you unless you have clear lines of demarcation in a definition, you're going to have continued yeah. challenges. So hope, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have that. Yeah. Waltus has become like water hemp. 
Yes. Resistant to, yes. It's resistant to just about anything to finish it. Um, Jim, I know that this is something that, you know, according to the White House, I shouldn't be worried about this. You, you, on the other hand, I'm sure are worried about this because the IRS has released its strategic operating plan for spending eight, $80 billion. They say that they're not coming after anybody that makes or any household that makes less than 400000 I'm okay. You, I mean, how are you prepping for this? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have such problems. I would say, bring it on, bring it on. Uh, then hire a lawyer for 200,000. Yes. That's, that's God bless America. Uh, you know, actually, this report, after uh, reading it, uh, most of it, not all of it, and observing what others are saying, it lacked a lot of clarity itself, Chip. They're, they're not really specifying. A lot how they're gonna how they're gonna uh, unfold that huge amounts of money and the, the IRS is worried that the Republicans are going to shortchange them in their annual appropriations because they couldn't get back at that eighty billion dollars so but you can in the uh, around whatever the amount is around uh, uh, twenty billion I guess each year for the uh, uh, IRS so that's something uh, to watch in the in the weeks and months ahead, Chip. But we don't really know all that much how they're going to pour it out, even though Yellen, as Treasury uh, Secretary, said she would. Okay. Uh, let's let's go ahead and go to a question. that. Uh, first off, good morning, Mac. Glad to, uh, to see you and glad that you're here. Melody made the comment, and we're going to have to – Jim, I think both you and I are going to have to dig in this a little bit more, but Melody is saying the Dutch farmers appear – to have won their case, yet nothing is in the news about this. They, their political party was very successful in the elections. Uh, I, I, I guess I just don't know what the status is on some of the, the programs, rules, and regulations that that the farmers could declare full victory on it. Yeah. I'd, so, I'd have to do research. Well, You're okay. Right. And then well, Gary comes in. We will. We will, Melody. We'll take a look at it. <clears throat> and then Gary comes in. What are your thoughts on the Fed Now program rolling out in July? The electronic currency, Jim. Well, number one, just the fact itself that it's out. Uh, number two, uh, is any is any approach, either digital currency or another currency, going to buck the dollar, if you will? Uh, that's going to take a long time, Chip. But I think they're going to be very uh, tight strings on their digital uh, dollar. But again, I want to see uh, I want to see the facts and figures. Yep, yep. One one last thing from that came out on Friday. Uh, Russia has threatened to bypass the Black Sea grain deal, Jim. What's the status there? Oh, he keeps on signaling. He wants total control of that yeah. grain situation in uh, Ukraine. It looks like he might get it, Chip. But that's up yeah. in the odds. I think you've indicated you thought this was the last extension. And yeah. at least it's flowing. That At least the signals that we're getting are flowing that way. And let, he keeps on saying he wants the sanctions on fertilizer lifted. And it's just, uh, it's just not, not, not that way. There's no sanctions on the fertilizer, right. but now he's adding in the swift program that, you yep. know, that, that we can, uh, got him out of. So he's, he's, uh, you know, changing the goalposts. That's clear. Classic yeah. Putin. Classic very much. Okay. Over the weekend, uh, as I mentioned in the lead, 
uh, West Coast workers went on strike and then went back to work. <laughs> Again, the signal there was uh, we still have a contract to negotiate, and uh, they showed the unions, they showed that uh, they had the power with the workers at a work stoppage, if you would. It wasn't announced that way, but there just weren't enough workers Thursday and right. Friday. And then over the uh, week of Sunday, actually, uh, they're back at work today. But it was a clear signal to that uh, they need to talk to uh, progress in a better way, according to the union people. So, okay. and that's important uh, ports to for this uh, China, uh, India, Indo, uh, uh, you know, you know, Pacific trade chip. Uh, even though more and more exports are going to alternative ports, uh, L.A. and and uh, and and the other ports are very very important for the business of ag out there. Right. As long as we're talking ports, uh, some ports in Maine and in Delaware have been much more active than they have been in a long time importing crude oil. Yes, uh, very much so. It shows you that the trade flows are shifting. Uh, that's as a result of, I think, this new world, uh, you can call it order or disorder. And uh, we're at the beginning phase, not at the end, of a major realignment of, of uh, you know, uh, uh, trade flows in a host of products, including agriculture. Right, right. Uh, I had this on my list, and Gary's got it, too. He wants to know your thoughts on uh, French President Macron's visit to China. Well, I think he wants to uh, make France separate from the U.S. I don't think he buys all into, I know he doesn't, uh, the U.S. approach. And I think he wants to keep uh, China. He doesn't want to see a, a continued um, uh, moving away from uh, China. And that's where we're at in the world right now, Chip. Uh, the U.S. is uh, wanting to delink, but you have a country such as France, Germany behind the scenes saying, no, that's a little bit too strong. So again, we haven't seen the end of this issue, but it was a clear signal that G gave the world when he put on his state's uh, uh, dinner. Uh, he he traveled with, uh, with, with the French president yep. in China. So that's a big honor there. So that tells you how G is trying to do the rapport, the nice guy G uh, angle. So, yep. so this is a, a you know very important decision, and but it shows you the importance of the uh, uh, lock hold that China has on on many areas of the world. Oh, yeah, and and the loop is getting bigger. Yes, uh, that that are included in the uh, uh, the list of national leaders that want to get in front of President Xi and have a conversation. Yes. And China in the world, they, they want, I forget the exact date, it could be 2035, I think, that they want to truly be a military might. I mean, they're building. And if you look at the history of what they're doing, they're, they're, they're checking them off here. And, and our U.S. Uh, defense officials have acknowledged that. Meanwhile, we're not, we're falling behind yeah. in the defense areas, Chip. So it, it, you can get a little somber when you look at the defense of the world, but we've usually seen um, the proper time to turn it around and, and keep investing in, 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 in our protection, which is, yeah. I think, a president's number one duty. Right, right. Uh, let's stay with China. They uh, 
playing some war games. They're simulating precision attacks on Taiwan. And numbers are important. Uh, you haven't seen that many uh, numbers there. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're bellowing about the uh, various uh, U.S. Uh, House trade delegation is over there in Taiwan. So, yeah, it's, it's rankled them, uh, rankled them no, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, I, I'll just bring this one up. And it's something that I learned over the weekend weekend. And I learned it from you. Tesla plans to open a new mega factory to manufacture batteries in Shanghai. Yeah. Who do they think are, they are? France. Right. Are they going to qualify for the credits, uh, the EV credits in the U S if they do I don't, this? I don't think he cares. Uh, he he'll, he'll do whatever he takes to sell, you know, uh, but you have a number of, uh, you know, over the week, you know, I love to look at cars, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, uh, traditional cars or EVs. The Chevy Bolt is really selling good right now, Chip, because you can get a price under uh, with their various promotions and the $7,500 credit, which they still have on that, as low as $17,000, by the way. Yeah. I saw that. Now, it's not the car I would want. But uh, increasingly so, this is going to happen with technology, better batteries, et cetera. Now, the EPA on Wednesday is expected to roll out strict emission uh, rules for, for certain of the uh, auto sectors and light trucks. And when you read the, the backgrounders on that, this, this is part of their plan to help uh, make EVs the number one choice in the U.S. for an auto purchase in the years ahead so then you got the tie of regulations coming in to help you out yeah I, okay look, look at look at the timetable on this if you would because they're going to be rolling out the performance space standards with model years 2027 through 2032 I thought we were going to be done with internal combustion engines by then Jim well Ev uh, evidently not no, no, no. They know that the, these things are going to be around for a while, which means that when I'm looking for a new car, between now and the end of the year, I'll have a different car, and I keep vacillating because, like you said, the good old diesel, uh, the good old regular fossil fueled car and SUV is going to be with us. So, uh, you know, I I may stay with it one more time. After yeah. all, you know. All right. All right. Um, other things that uh, let's go to what's happening in the week ahead. Boy, well, yeah, I want to talk about what Gary has mentioned astutely. So Rasmussen jr. Jim, the so somberness in your voice has changed dramatically in the past few weeks. And I don't think it's different than most Americans. You're right, Gary. I, I I'm, when I prepare for my speeches, the next campaign, as I call it, I try to uh, change it up. But this is my first one for this installment. And, you know, I look lay of the land, lay of the world. And I, there is really some somber things going on. And again, I was brought up the half, glass half full is very good news because my father remembered when it was empty. So I'm still uh, knowing that this country is still the best in the world. I kiss the tarmac every time I come back from an international trip. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going through the same things that 
people, at least of my generation, are going through the concern, the questions. Are young kids more favorably inclined towards socialism than capitalism? You know, that verdict is still out, by the way. Two is that I think the, the IMF and the World Bank is telling us we're going to have anemic growth for the next few years. Uh, and I think that they're right. Uh, then I see that this town not being able to get an agreement on anything such as importance of the of the debt limit. So, yeah, I, I just we need leadership at both ends. So let's hope it usually comes. But, uh, yeah, we've got uh, some hurdles here. OK, we do. And Jim, and I, I, I know that you, you've got some some family relationships that you can probably relate to on this. Those that have embraced capitalism, and I'm looking at my kids, uh, 30 and 27, and they are both very dedicated to working. Uh, uh, one of them is starting up a new business. Uh, they've got friends that are that lean the other way, closer to socialism. They're looking for help continuously. And they look at my kids and think, my gosh, how are they doing so well? You've got family that has embraced capitalism. And I'm sure that they've got friends that look at them and say, my gosh, how are they doing so well? It may come later to this generation than what it came to your generation and to my generation. But I think it's going to hit them at some point. Absolutely. It's, it's really the value of work, Chip. I mean, yep. I... You know, there's I, I blame a lot of parents, you know, to be our grandparents. But in this case, I think parents for a host of our issues, including the drug issue. Why are you fostering the purchase of these fentanyl drugs? How, where did that psyche get into your children? Uh, that's one. Two is that when I was growing up, my parents installed the work ethic into where, number one, it kept you out of trouble. Number two, it you learned if you dealt with customers, uh, business people, how to do mon monetary exchange, how to treat yeah. a customer. It was so many things you learned. And one of the more important ones, uh, you started saving money so you could yeah. get the things you wanted rather than writing out a check, which I think happens too often with either parents or grandparents yeah. and having their children our grandchildren get stuff. They don't know right. what it takes to buy something. And we, we've, we're losing that, not lost it yet, but we're losing that in many different ways. And I think yeah. this society is suffering as a result. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm, I, I suffer from some of the same feelings, Jim, believe me, but I don't think I'm as negative as what you might be hmm. on this right now. I think there's time. We'll see. Okay. Week ahead. Week ahead, uh, we learned something on Friday. The Republicans are going to hold a new Farm Bill confab at Iowa State University in Ames on Wednesday. Yes, but, it, you know, interestingly, so it's not in any of the schedules, Chip. Yeah. So I find that interesting. I've got to call uh, the Republican lawmaker's office and say, why aren't you putting out a release on this? Right. So I don't know whether it's been postponed or not, but it's something I got to check on today. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh the okay this week president joe biden is going to travel to ireland an international trip 
Yeah, the ag angle on that is some reports have surfaced that uh, the UK is going to whisper again in his ear, we want a trade agreement. And so let's see if he answers positively this time, because countries are going around the world inking more traditional trade agreements, whether it's bilateral or multilateral. And we're, you know, we continue to be on the sidelines. Right. Okay. Brazil. President Lula will be traveling to China. Yeah, remember his initial trip was postponed because he had congestion problems or something. And uh, he's taken a a slew of meatpacking companies uh, over there with him. Brazil is definitely in the China uh, camp, and their ag sector is going to grow for many different reasons, but that's one of them. Right. Right. Yeah. And the uh, there's going to be a focus on beef exports from Brazil into China in particular. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, And we get supply and demand report on Tuesday. On Tuesday, they're basically going to incorporate what the grain stocks reports that we've already had. So uh, really, the the tide has turned to new crop U.S. corn and the weather and crop prospects in Brazil and in Argentina. So I don't think right. it's so much on, 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 on this report. Right. Okay. You know what? There's a, there's one that I've been forgetting to ask you. I even forgot to ask you on Friday, Jim, what did you learn from the, uh, the, the students from Texas that made the trip to Washington? Oh, well, if you want to get a good smile on my face, just talk to students at Texas A&M. They're, they're just, really moored uh, quite well. I don't know what it is about Texas A&M students. They're on the cutting edge of so many questions. And these were honor students, the types of questions they ask. We were visited in the restaurant, a nice visit by former House Ag Committee Chairman Colin Peterson. We had other people there. David Wasserman of the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter was there. The types of questions those students asked, Chip, are similar to some of the smartest questions I get uh, from veteran farmers and ranchers during my speeches. And that, bo- that that's the positive side that there at least go. in Texas A&M, they're teaching their students uh, really, really good. Excellent. Excellent. Anything else? We're out of time. Uh, no, I go down to Southern Virginia to speak and attend a uh, Virginia Cattlemen's meeting, and I'll be, uh, you know, Washerman will be there too, so you'll probably see an election update from me from David later this week. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Today, this morning on AgriTalk, we got Machine Repeat and Scott Hayes, the president of the National Pork Producers Council. This afternoon, Dan Huber from the Huber Report. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.